Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. So we're talking about the power of imagination. Perhaps one of the most profound lessons with the help of the Holy Spirit I've ever taught was last Wednesday. And our our camera people raising their hand uh, because pretty much that was all that was here. But uh, please get that message last Wednesday. You really need to listen to that message on last Wednesday. God, I want a copy. Uh, But you really need to get your hands on the message from this past Wednesday as the spirit of God was just breathing fresh revelation about the power of imagination. Yeah. And it's creative abilities. It will, it will literally bless your life. If you'll go ahead and give me nugget number one and two and three. And I think I have four this morning. I I believe I I will, uh, I will get started because I don't want to hold the people long so they can get ready to have a glorious uh, mother's day next Sunday. Ready? Let's read. Read it again, please. Imagination is a creative force. Now, we said this last this past Wednesday, nugget number two. It wasn't a nugget, I don't think, but I made it one for today. Nugget number two. Ready? Read. Your outer conditions will always be harmoniously related to your inner state. That's a powerful statement. Because your outer manifestation of your life is only a reflection of what's going on on the inside of you. You can only produce on the outside of you what is going on on the inside of you. So if you don't like what you see on the outside, you have to change the inside. Nugget number three, please. Read it again. Now, now I want you to read it again in your homes, our e-church. I want you to participate. You may be the only one watching in your house right now. That's not that's not the issue. But you need to say something. Something happens when you participate. I don't want you to be a spectator, but I want you to participate because there's a blessing in that. Let's read it again. I want you to read it again, but you need to read it loud because the person next to you and behind you, they really need to hear this. Ready? Read. Why are there achievers? And why are there so many non-achievers? It's getting quiet. What what makes a person successful and another person a failure? What makes one person, everybody started with nothing on zero. What makes one person rich and another person poor? It's quiet. Why is it that some people achieve great things in life 
And some people just go through life. What's the difference? Now, let's let's remove one one equation immediately has nothing to do with color because there's white folks under the bridge. And there's white folks standing on the corner begging for money. And while I'm at, I'm at it, uh, don't 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 stick your nose up at them because some of those people on the bridge are very intelligent people. Some of them have been to school. Some of them have degrees. How do they wind up on their bridge? What causes a man or a woman to own to own homes and and to rent out apartments and and other people can barely pay their rent? What's the difference? Ooh, can you all handle this? Why do some people tithe and some people don't tithe? And they all say they love Jesus. Come on now, don't back up on me. Why do some people tithe? We all read the same Bible. We all say we love Jesus. All of us know Malachi 3. And what Jesus said under the new covenant about tithing. So why do some people tithe and some people do not tithe? Come on, now don't, don't shut down on me. Who Jesus? Oh God. Why is it that some people seem to have and so many people seem to have not? In church. You're getting quiet now because it forces you to evaluate yourself. Can we be honest? Every one of us in here today and those who are watching by streaming, you thought you would be so much further along in life by the time you got to the age you are now. You never dreamed that you would be 30 years old and didn't own a home. Ooh, Jesus. You never dreamed that you would be 40 years old or 50 years old and didn't own homes where people were renting from you. Never dreamed. You never dreamed that you would be the age that you are now and your pockets would be as thin as they are. See, you don't want everything thin in your life. Somebody will catch that on I-435. Yeah, yeah. There's some things you do want obese. Are you listening to me? Yeah, you know, you don't mind your pocketbook blowing up, your, 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 your billfold blowing, your bank account blowing up. Yeah. Why is it? Come on, talk to me. Why is it some people have a lot of money? And they are not as half as smart as you. And you living from paycheck to paycheck and been doing it for 35 years. Who geez, can we go on with it? And why is it that so many people 
when they get old, they need assistance. And some people, when they get old, everything is secure. If the kids send something, fine. If the kids don't send anything, everything's still fine. I'm going to say it one more time. What is it? Why is it that there's so many people who talk about success and very few have it? Have you ever been around somebody got a, you know, I mean, if, if everything was just major on, you know, what they say, you know, talking a sweet line. I mean, it, it, you would think tomorrow they're ready to take over the world. And then you come back 10 years later and they haven't moved. And if you're not careful, you can marry somebody like that. I mean, they win, they woo you and win you over with this wonderful, this wonderful line about what they're going to do and all, and you believe it. And then 10 years later, they tell you the same story. And then another 10 years later, they tell you the same story. And you go to bed and you wake up one day and discover that you're old. And you look back over your life and you realize how much, how much time you have wasted. And now for you to say what you're wanting to do, like you were saying 45 years ago, if you were to say it today, you look foolish. Because time has so passed you by that if you're not careful, you can live your whole life and never accomplish any great achievement. Now don't look at me that way. That's 95% of the population. Why is it out of 100 people, on average, only five really make it? Oh, I almost want to call up 100 people, but, but you know, Respecting, you know, the times right now won't do it. But can you envision? Can you imagine? Uh, can I just get five people real quick? Five men. Just just five men. One, two, three, four. Five. Yeah, come come a little closer. T turn to the camera so they can see you. Now, imagine, envision a hundred men. How many? A hundred. How many? But out of a hundred, only five are successful. That's a poor percentage. Ooh, geez. Are you ready, ladies? That means, ladies, out of a hundred men, you got five shots of hitting the right one. Ooh, Jesus. That means if there's a hundred men standing here, 95 of your decisions will be wrong. And so the devil knows, so he tricks you because he know what you like. Because the qualifier for you and a man is that a man with, boy, none of us are going to say a man with a whole bunch of hair and I got all... 
I'm feeling real comfortable right now. <laughs> Man, I got it going on. What y'all talking about? There's hair up up in here. Glory to God. Brother Brown. <laughs> but but as, as much as you're laughing, it's not a laughing matter. Because there are people who are suffering. Their lives are tight. Because when they made the choice, they didn't hit one of these five. They hit one of the 95. A guy who they married who only had a promise. Who only had, only had a sweet line, sweet talker. He, he was just a dreamer. Dreams are good, but they're nothing if you're not going to add action to them. He's a dreamer, but he was a procrastinator. He dreamed, but he was always going to get started. And if he got started, he didn't stay with it when things got difficult. Because he wasn't made as a little boy in his formative years to stay with it when things got tough. So when things get difficult, he quit, even marriage. Even a job with a wife and kids at home. So out of a hundred men, you got five shots. Can I get just one lady here to say hallelujah? hallelujah. <laughs> Boy, these sisters looking some mad at me right now like, Lord, this ain't right. But it's the truth. Because when I look at these men, ladies, you can help him if you marry him, but you can't carry him. He's too heavy. Thank you, man. Give him a great big God bless you. This is going to bless you today. Now, if you would, turn your Bibles to the first book of the Torah. And we're wanting to look at the first chapter uh, because I want you to look at the first words that, that the Bible speaks. The first book of Moses. Since she was so gracious and kind by saying thank you, Genesis. And uh, you weren't the only one. There's a whole bunch of here who are glad you spoke up. But at any rate, uh, look at the first book of Genesis, or the first chapter, I'm sorry, and uh, look at the first words. Look, this is so important. We, this is God speaking to us, yes? Wouldn't you say that God speaking to us, it has value? To pay close attention to what he first says? Yes? Now, look at the first book of the Torah, chapter 1, verse number 1. Ready? Read. R read it again. In the beginning, God created. Well, you can't create something without a thought. 
So for the mere fact God created something tells us that God had a thought. Because everything created came out of a thought. Yes? But notice, in the beginning, God what? God created the heavens and the earth. God created. Now, out of everything, say everything. Out of everything that God created, mankind is the only thing he created like himself. It's important that you understand that. I'm telling you, I know for some of you, it was a fight for you to come to church today because the devil did not want you to hear this. This will change your life. You won't hear this at the university. They'll only teach you how to stay in a box. But if you get a hold of this revelation, you'll get out of the box. Are you listening to me? We are the only, listen, mankind, say mankind. We're the only thing that God created like himself. Nothing else. Not the plants. He didn't create animals. Animals operate out of instinct. They do what they do because instinctively that's what they do. But man can think. Man can imagine. I'm just thinking as I'm talking to you, uh, my wife and I happened to be in Florida at a particular time, and we heard on the news that they were going to be shooting a rocket off into space, and the people were going to be up there for, I think, several months. And so we went to a, 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 a comfortable place where, because they say you can see it from miles, and it's true, uh, it, it was, I forget, Cape Cadero or wherever it was, but we were, we were close to Daytona, and we pulled over in the, in the film station, and this rocket went up in the sky, and it lit up the sky. I mean, it's really something to physically see. One of those rockets going straight up in the sky. Matter of fact, it looked like it's going like that. And I thought to myself, they're going into outer space and they're going to stay for several months. How did that happen? It wasn't that long ago in this country, we were riding in horses and buggies. I said it before, some of you older we had to tell the younger folk, it wasn't that long that uh, uh, we didn't even have television. You had to listen to the radio. And while you're listening, you had to imagine. Years ago, you were forced to use your imagination. That's why a lot of television watching will numb your imagination because it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't afford you an opportunity to think. It tells you everything. So not long ago, we were in horse and buggy. Mr. Ford invented the Model T. I forget exactly how many miles it would go. Now you can buy vehicles. I'm not talking about souped up. I mean straight from stock from the factory that'll run 120 miles, 150, 170, 200 miles an hour. Some of you have tickets to prove it. That you better go pay. Are you all listening to me? 
I mean, some of you, I'm going to date myself, but there are things that we're witnessing today that it was cartoons when I was a kid. What is a reality today, Brother Edwards, was a cartoon in our lifetime a year, a few years ago. I've said it and I'll say it again. One, it wasn't the only program, just one that I remember because I had to visit people to watch television because in my house, in Shack House, we never had electricity. But I'd go over to Mr. May's house and Smith's house and the kids and I'd be sitting there with them watching a program. And one of the favorite programs was the Jetsons. And, and what seemed futuristic, like, like, uh, science fiction back in the sixties now is a reality. Matter of fact, everything on the Jetsons today is a reality except personal uh, flying vehicles that you can park at your house. And, and it's on the way. It won't be long. Your car driving down the road will be obsolete. There'll be vehicles riding, hovering a little bit above the ground. We're heading that way. Just like gasoline engines are obsolete now. It won't be long. Almost every vehicle on the road will be electric. Oh, Jesus. For those who refuse to change. I'm just simply saying, how are, the, how are all the things, these things happening? They're happening because mankind was created in the image of God. Look at somebody and smile. And say you have the God-given ability to create. What have you created? Okay, we don't want to start a fight. Look at the other person. Smile at them. Smile enough where they can see it through the mask. Say God created you in such a way. You have the ability. You have the ability. To create. What have you created? Because if you create something, it'll make you rich. If you create something, it'll make you wealthy. If you create something, it'll make you wealthy. You'll never get wealthy sitting in front of your television watching people all day who are already wealthy. Let me get on my side here. You will never become wealthy sitting in front of your television set for hours and hours at a time watching people run up and down a field or a court who's already wealthy. You won't get wealthy watching them. So if God created us like him and we were created to create then we're not fulfilling our full potential if we're living in this life not creating something and I'm not talking about creating babies that you don't take care of ooh Jesus Let me get them back. Let me get them back. Let me get them back, Lord. We are made in his image and in his life. Can you go to verse 26 for me real quick? Genesis 1, 26. 
Do you have that in your Bible? Verse 26. Ready, read. Stop right there. Read it again. Stop right there. Mankind. So that means, people of God, you've been made like God. And how can you be so broke and be like God? How can you be so depressed and you've been made like God? How can you be so defeated and you've been made like God? Why are you so scared of your enemies when you've been made like God? How can you entertain the thought that you're not going to make it and you've been made like God? Why are you afraid? Because somebody said they don't like you and they're going to stop you. How can they stop you when you've been made like God? Unless you either don't know that you've been made like God or you're sitting in a good church like this and you've heard it, but you don't believe that you've been made like God. And so you have embraced the erroneous thinking that because you didn't graduate from a certain university, or college that you can't make it because of, of somehow with them not validating you that somehow that shuts down the way God made you. Because they told you you can't do such and such unless you come from their school. And God says, you can do all things if you come from my school. Don't mean anything if you don't believe it. So again, the question is, why is it that some people are achievers? And some people are not. It's, it's, it's amazing, yes? Why is it that some people, they buy everything from other people and nobody buys nothing from you? And you're okay with it every day. Every day you go to work or whatever you do and you take your money and you give it to everybody. You give it to the grocer. You give it to the cleaners. You, you give it to the barbershop, the beauty shop. You give it to an insurance man. You give it to the politician. You give some, the guy standing on the corner. I mean, you're giving, but nobody's giving to you. And that doesn't disturb you. That nobody is buying anything from you. But you're buying everything from other people. It's quiet because for some they're quiet because it never registered. 
You know that's the truth? All my life, I've been spending my money buying somebody else's imagination, somebody else's dream, but nobody's buying my dream. So I'm making everybody else rich but myself. Why is that? Why is that? Now, hold on, because I know we're in church, but, but we've been shouting for years in church. So if shouting was the key, we'd be there. And if singing got it done, man, we'd be at the pinnacle because can't nobody else sing us. Certainly they can't sing as long as us. Because we'll sing one song. <laughs> Come on now. God has to move because he knows he won't quit till he does. And he's tired of hearing it. And we call that church. Then we shout and we dance. And we say what a wonderful time we had in church. And go home broke. Go home and fight. I mean F-I-G-H-T. Literally fight because of the lack of, of substance in the house. You'll be amazed of a marriage how many things you won't even fuss over if there's enough money in the house. When you get enough money in the house, it just don't matter. Oh, baby, just forget the dishes. And stop throwing that in there. Remember, please remember this. You don't remember anything. Remember, your outer condition will always be harmoniously related to your inner state. Now, you may not like what I'm saying, but it's the truth. You have what you have right now because of the way you think. And if you're miserable, and lonely and unhappy and by yourself it's nobody's fault but your own are you listening to me and you will never get a breakthrough in your mind watching the stories all day you can't watch the young and the restless and as the world turns and then the general hospital you can't watch all of that mess and then have the right thing on your mind. Ain't nobody saying anything. But I'm speaking truth. Let, let, let me have my, my example. Just, just, just hold it up here. Yeah. Can you all see this? This is a... I wanted a pot, but it's a vase. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they can't see. So step, step up here and just turn straight to the people. Can you all see him now? Step up one more, uh, sir. Can you, can you all see him now? Step up one more, sir. <laughs> can you all see him now? Okay, float in the air, sir. <laughs> okay. okay. Now, this vase that he has, pay close attention. 
Because why are there achievers? Why is it on Sunday like today you can drive through uh, the Nationals or or Shoal Creek or where the Lions or wherever, and they got hundreds and hundreds of beautiful homes and and occupied. And for some reason, all those people can get in one but you. Why? Why is that? Who Jesus? Soon as service is over, many of you are going to go to a restaurant or something. And, and by and large, everything you see, what did I say? By and large, everything you will see on your way to the restaurant. And when you get to the restaurant, none of what you see will be owned by anybody who look like you. Why is that? Can I go ahead deeper? And why is it you don't have a problem with it? When every other people group does. You don't believe me? Let three or four of you go into Overland Park and try to start a business. And let Overland Park find out who's the owner. They will boycott you. They will boycott you. But we don't boycott nobody. Only time we boycott is if they won't let us in and buy their stuff. We fighting to sit at the counter when we should have been fighting to own the counter. Okay, leave that alone. So, so this is, this is, this is your mind, the soil. This soil in here is like your mind. Now, the, the soil is designed to only do one thing. Your mind is much more prolific than that. But for illustration's sake, this is, is, is your mind. And this is what every one of you watching and those who are here, this is what you've been doing all your life. What does that say? Good. What does that say? Good. Okay. And what does that say? Poison. It says poison. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put a, what, what is that? Good. That's, that's good seed. So I'm going to put some good seed in there. Okay. Yeah, there we go. There we go. And I'm going to put, what is this? Poison. Say it again. Poison. They can't hear you on the back row. Poison. And I'm, I'm going to put some poison in there. That's your mind. Now, the soil is like your mind. It can only grow what you put in it. God designed this soil to grow whatever's placed in it. So this soil is going to grow good 
And it's going to grow poison. Because the soil is just designed to grow whatever seeds planted in it. Who Jesus. So if all you put in your mind is poison. Hanging around negative talking people. Poison. Always saying negative things out of your own mouth. Poison. Then when you plant it in your soil, it can only produce the seeds that you've been planting in it. Oh, it, oh, it does matter which kind of church you go to. Yes, it does. You can't just go anywhere. Because some places you go, the preacher will put poison in your soil. Telling you what will be, will be. The the Lord works in a mysterious way. God will put sickness on you to show you something. Poison. That God killed your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband. God just wanted to bring them to heaven. He just needed your flower, another flower, poison. Poison. So what are you putting in your soil? Watching just secular television all day, poison, and never read your Bible. Never listen to your pastor. And it's not enough just hearing me on Sunday and casually on Wednesdays. You got to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. That's why I'm so repetitious in some things. Because you don't have it until you have it. And you'll know when you have it because it'll manifest in your life. So what are you putting in your, in your, uh, in your soil? Doubt? Poison. Unbelief? Poison. Depression? Thinking on things, you know, and I share with you, when you gotta get that take from Wednesday. Because I share with you clearly from the word how to think, how God told you to think so you could be successful. Not just how he told you what to think. Come, come on now. So, 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 so you can't plant seeds of lust by watching things that's planting seeds of lust in your mind and then have victory. And you can't hang around people who are talking against your pastor. That's poison. And think you're going to stay connected. You are not. You're not going to be any more connected than the people you're running with that are connected. Because how can two walk together unless they agree? You can't be really connected to the vision of this house and hang around somebody all the time who is not. Ain't nobody saying amen but me. Because that's the truth. I said because that's the truth. I, I can't hang around somebody that don't like my wife. How are we going to run together? You can't say nothing in my presence against my wife. Are you crazy? That's my wife, man. 
I don't want to hear nothing crazy about your wife. Because it's disrespectful. And if you don't have enough respect to respect her, I have enough respect to get out of your presence because I don't want to hear the mess about your wife. Not only that, what you're saying about her could be wrong. So what are you putting in your soil? What, what did you put in your mind this week? What did you, what did you put in your mind this week? And I got real quiet. How much word did you put in your mind this past week? Ooh, and I got real quiet. How much, how much seed of the word of God did you put in your mind this week? Oh, wait, wait a minute now. You put something in it. You gave your mind to something. And it's affecting you. Not only is it affecting you, but you're going to get a harvest on it eventually. It's a law of sowing and reaping. So how much word did you put in your mind this past week? Because that's what's going to give you the ability to fight off thoughts that are not godly. That's what's going to give you the ability to fight off depression and oppression when the devil tries to put it on you. You can't fight in your own strength. You have to fight with the word. So how much word did you feed on this week? Now you're starting to get the picture of why you have successful people and non-successful people. Now you're starting to get the picture why you have producers and non-producers. Because to be an achiever, you have to be a person, you have to be a person of diligence and diligent people make people who are not diligent uncomfortable because when you get around them you, you, you are a reflection to them how lazy they are and they'll hate you because your very presence is a reflection to them of how, how undisciplined they are and they don't like it because you make them uncomfortable. Your achievements is a reflection to them that they have not moved. Ooh, Jesus. All of us, perhaps of a certain age, if you ever go home or go back to your community or a neighborhood where you're from and, and you're bumping the people that you grew up with, and they're still on the block. And if you listen to them, man, it's, 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 it's interesting. They're saying the same thing. Th thank you so much. Give him a great big God bless you. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between achievers and non-achievers? Is this good? Is this helping anybody at all? Who, who, why are there achievers? And why are there non-achievers? Many very, I call them very brilliant, uh, bright people have failed in academics. There, there are a number of folks who didn't do well in academics, didn't do well uh, taking certain aptitude tests, but went on to be highly successful. Uh, my wife graduated 
uh, in the top of her class uh, in education and uh, did, didn't do well on the, the entry test, D- didn't do well at all. As a matter of fact, her counselor in high school, after he got her results back, asked her, did she know how to do hair? Now, part of that wasn't, you know, her test scores. Part of that was discrimination of expectation. But the point being made is that when he looked at her, his summation of her was that the pinnacle of her accomplishment, and nothing wrong with that if you're doing hair, if that's what you're called to do. But she was called to be a teacher. Her mother said she'd be a teacher when she was born. But the high school said it wasn't possible. Her mother said it was. But the high school said it wasn't possible. But her mother said it was. And the high school she went to gave out packets to all the students who they said were going to higher learning and didn't give her a packet. So her mother went and got her a packet. And her mother said, I said when you were born, you were going to be a school teacher. Could God have mercy. And said, you're going to go to this, this university and you're going to finish. She not only went to the university, she was number one in the graduating class. Oh, Jesus. Many very bright, brilliant people have failed academics and aptitude tests, but are highly successful in life. As I said to you before, I'm not against education. But education, by and large, the traditional university education, by and large, teaches you the function in a box. Myself, I graduated with a business degree. But with the business degree, all they trained me to do was to go and work for somebody who owned a business. To be a business manager or facilitator. Are you listening to me? So by and large, education, pretty traditional education, pretty much teaches you the function in the group. How many want to be successful? I got both my hands up because I'm not playing. Just a real elementary way of sharing it with you. Find out. What did I say? Find out what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. I'm not saying that that's the best way, but you got a pretty good chance. Because it's clear the masses are missing it. You you saw the illustration. Out of 100 men, only five are successful. 54 of 100 will be flat out broke. Four out of the out of the 100 will will need some kind of assistance. And the rest is not even on the map. Now, can you all handle this? Because this is between you and you. What group are you in? Because you're in a group. And if the Lord tears is coming, you're going to end up somewhere. That's the truth. You're either going to end up in a place where you're self-sufficient or you're going to be on welfare. 
you're going to look, he's getting quiet, isn't it? Because all of us are in a group. Everybody in here, even, even that baby making the noise is going to be in a group. And there's a group that is successful. There's a group that are failures. There's a group that's procrastinators. There's another group that never finish anything. There's another group who just think they're cute and think that's going to pay their way for the rest of their life. They don't even realize that cuteness is wearing off every day. On the man and the woman. Oh, he's just so handsome. It's wearing off every day. If you don't believe me, look in the scene. Male or female. Male, I don't care how pretty you are. I don't care how many men think you fine. There's somebody being born right now, today, who's going to take your place. I don't care how pretty you, you teenager, I don't care how pretty you think you are. And how many hours you spend in the mirror working on yourself. There was somebody born today or last night. If you give us some time, that girl, that man is going to take your place. I remember a time, you know, I was real popular growing up at home. And uh, for years after I had left, you know, went to military and then I did some other things. But I'd go home and, and it was circulating. Man, the house home. Man, I'd pull and wouldn't take long. Man, house home. I was, you know, pretty decent guy, whatever you want to say. Um, but the word would circulate, man. House, man, he's in town. And as much as you try to say you don't think nothing, but you know, hey, you know, it felt pretty good. And then one day, 20 years passed, and I came home, and I had to tell people I was there. <laughs> they would say to me, how long you been here? You're laughing at me, but I'm laughing at you. You know what that means? I got replaced. I don't care how pretty you think you are. I don't care how handsome, dark, all handsome and tall you think you are. Somebody was born last night. That's going to fill your spot. And here's the thing. When you get replaced... What are you going to have to show for it? What, 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 what are you going to have? When you finally walk in the room and the men don't want to take you out. What you going to do now? When, when, when sugar daddies are looking for another sugar. Which, what do you... You're laughing, but this is truth because I, I know it's a crude term, but I'm really painting a picture to you why people wind up the have and the have nots. Because the have nots play with their lives and they deceive themselves and they tell themselves that they're going somewhere when they're not moving. And they can't see it. They can't see it because at that point in time in their lives, they think that they're too cute. And they think looks will cover everything. And they will for a season. 
And it's a short one. And what group are you in? My time is gone. Let, 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 let's, let's, just, let's just end with this. Is, is, this, is this helping anybody? I said, is this helping anybody? Genesis 11. Let, let's look at this again. Genesis 11. Let's, let's close on this point. Genesis 11. Oh, man, I, I didn't even. Oh, Jesus. I'll get to it Wednesday. Genesis 11. Look at verse 6. Are you learning anything? Would you tell two people, say, stop playing with your life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> stop playing with your life. And, and look, look up here. If you're married, you need to tell your spouse, stop playing with my life. Yeah, stop playing with my life. And my wife will tell me in a minute, don't play with me. In a minute. I mean, she'll call me on the carpet. In a minute, don't play with me. Because you're, you're messing with my life. Don't, don't play with me. And she's nodding her head. because I mean, she'll tell me in a minute, don't play with me. Because you're messing with my life. And playing with me at 40 is different than playing with me at 60. Matter of fact, she told me that the other day. <laughs> it's a terrible truth and shame the devil. I mean, she got up in my face and listen, don't you be playing with me. I'm 60-something years old. What you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to do right. What <laughs> you I'm too right. Yeah, I mean, she meant it. See, some of you women, you, you, you got to stop being so nice. Don't let him be sorry. Don't, ladies, wives, don't let your husband be sorry. Kick him in the behind. Don't let him be sorry. Tell him to get up out of bed. Tell him to start, turn off the television set. And tell him to go upstairs and start dreaming. And don't come down until God tell you something. So that we can get in the right group. Glory to God. Some wife is saying right now, by the time I get my husband home this afternoon, he's going to be in one of those five. I tell you that. By the time I work him over, join our way home this afternoon, he's going to get out of that 95 group. He's going to be one of those five. Who Jesus? How about you marrying a cute man? You better marry a man who's going somewhere. Who Jesus? I think I'll continue. You're in Genesis 11. Look at verse 6. Let's close out with this. Are you in Genesis 11? And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Who who said this? God's talking. Look what he says. He says, now nothing that they imagine to do will be withheld from them. Who said that? 
Notice what God said. Brother Brown, notice what God said. God says, nothing that they, not him. Who said that? Notice he said, God says, nothing. Nothing means what? In Hebrew, it means what? Nothing. Greek too. God says, look at this church. God says, nothing that they imagine will be withheld from them. Why did God say that? I said, why did God say that? He said it because the enemy has robbed you of the whole picture of how God made you. God said that because God knew they were made in his image. And because of the fall, they're going to use what God gave him imagination, but they're going to use it for evil. Because imagination was like this soil. Whatever you put in it, it'll grow. Who Jesus. That's why whatever you think about, your life evolves to that thing that you've been thinking. Even if it's wrong. Who Jesus. You can't think about somebody for a long period of time and some kind of way releasing energy and you'll find some kind of way where you all connect even if they pop up on your screen. And notice what God, God says that, that whatever they imagine, whatever they're thinking about, they're going to be able to produce it. The next verse says in verse number seven, he says, he says, come, let us go down and confuse their language. In other words, God says, hey, 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 to the Trinity. Hey, let's go down and examine this. Because they're using their imagination in a way that we didn't ordain. But even though they're using it wrong, their imagination still works. And Satan works overtime concerning you to make sure you don't imagine anything that's worth anything. I'll say it again. Satan works overtime to make sure he bombards you. It's just sitting there, just, 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 I mean, your brain is just, it, 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 your, your brain is almost losing its brain waves. Just sitting in front of television. The only thing in your imagination is, where's the remote? Don't get, don't get upset with me. Just watching television and eating. And eating and watching television. Can't wait till service is over so you can go home and eat. And watch television. And watch television and eat. And while you're eating, thinking about what we're going to eat again. Boy, this breakfast... It's good. Mm. What are we going to have for lunch? You're laughing, but it's the truth. Spending all your life just eating and watching television or on your iPhone just all day. Sitting at the table. Don't say anything to anybody in the family just on your phone. 
at the bus stop on your phone. Driving home on the phone. In church and I'm preaching and you're on your phone. You ain't taking notes. You busted now. And, and you think that that's just you. You think the thought to do what you're doing is just inspired by you. Because you don't understand spiritual warfare. I'm preaching my heart out. I'm teaching you. I'm giving you my life. And you on your phone texting your friend. Uh, we, the service is about over. I'll meet you at Popeye's. Go ahead and put my order in. Tell them to cook my steak medium rare. Everything on the potato. If pastor don't hurry up, I'm going to tip out. The music minister got busted. <laughs> and no, here's the thing. You think you're pulling something on me. Not understanding the devil is robbing you. Because you leave the same way you came. Because if your mind don't change, your life won't change. Jesus. So God says, let us go down, Minister Gravney. Why? Because they have, they have, you know what he said? They're one. In, a one. in other words, God said, they have organized their thoughts. Oh, I said a powerful thing. Because the way you become a non-achiever is to lack organization. And most people lack organization. They just get up and go to work. And if you ask them why they go to work, they can't even tell you why. Why do you go to work every day? Uh, that's, what I, that's what they told me, you know, I'm supposed to do. That's what my daddy did. Yeah, but your daddy, after 40 years of just getting up and going to work, all he got was a watch. That's what you want. No, no, no. But you're doing the same thing. You get up every day and go to work. For what? What's the goal? Nothing wrong with working, but you need a goal. If you said, I'm going to work this job for five years. Okay, what's the goal? What's the strategy? What's the strategy that in five years I'm going to make a shift? That's organizing your thoughts, your plan. And the reason most people don't organize is because organization, organization puts a demand on you. 
Because when you organize yourself, it will tell you if you're making progress or not. And when you don't have a plan, you can tell yourself you're moving, but you're not moving. But if you got a written plan, you can see it and anybody else can see it, baby. You said this last year. And we're still here. Are you going Did you get anything at all? Come on, put your hands together and thank God. I could go on and on, but our time is gone. I pray you got something. Did you see that, Minister Barrett? God acknowledged, God acknowledged in Genesis 11, 7, God acknowledged their, uh, their, their organized thought. And it prompted God to go down and do something about it. And then if you had, if you got Wednesday's message, I mean, it would set you on fire right now. Because I share with you from the word of God how they were able even to do what they did. They did something they had never seen before. Only on the canvas of their imagination. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.